Welcome to Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. I'm your host, Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist and President and CEO of Paradigm. My teams and I redefine success for purpose-driven families and businesses by challenging social norms and balancing family and finance to build kingdom impact and generational prosperity. I believe that there are families and businesses that have learned to give a new definition to the word success from a kingdom perspective. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 20 to 30 minutes where we take traditional thinking and turn it upside down. Welcome, everyone. This is Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist. We are here for another episode of Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight, and you are going to want to listen closely today. Joining me is Nathan Wall. He is a pastor, a CEO of multiple businesses. He's got multiple nonprofits that he's running, and it sounds like there's a God-sized story that we're just going to have to unpack. So, Nathan, thank you so much for being with me today. It's an honor and a privilege. God afternoon. Looking forward <laughs> God to God afternoon. I love that. That's a, you're the first person to say that, but I may be stealing that. You just need to know that. <laughs> I, I, the way what, that I start my show. Oh, there's, there's royalties on that, so be, be careful. Are they kingdom royalties, though? I mean, that's the question. Uh, yes, there's blessings and favor. <laughs> I like it. Like it, Nathan, the way that I start my podcast is the same every single time. It's a Saturday afternoon. I got the grill fired up. Um, I've invited all my friends over for a barbecue. Um, my listeners are my friends. Would you please introduce yourself to my friends? Absolutely. I'm Nathan Wall. I'm honored to be a servant, a vessel, a father, mm. a brother, a son. And get the opportunity to live an adventure every day of my life that is rewarding. But the greatest reward that I get opportunity to do in my family, in my community, in my country, and in other countries that I get opportunity to go to is to give back and serve others with everything that we've been blessed with. Mm. Mm. Well, we're going to talk a whole lot more about that, I hope. But let me start with this question. Nathan, what are you passionate about in your life right now, today? I would say what I'm passionate about today is to to overcome my weaknesses. And some of my weaknesses in my life has been procrastination, mm. partially obedient, <laughs> and, um, you know, not having balance. Mm. So to balance my life and to truly be obedient, and then I'm going to use these words, it isn't used today in most any vocabulary, no. and to walk in righteousness and holiness. Mm. So what... 
what have been the biggest areas, I guess, lately, especially from balance and procrastination that God's been exposing to you that kind of led you into this season of being passionate about this? Well, I would say to answer that, um, to recognize what has been missed and to be able to, one, you know, it's one thing to read it. It's one thing to know it. Mm. and But it's the other thing in the application process. So to be a better applicor, to apply better each day, the things that one, we already know, mm. you know, you already know that um, the difference between right and wrong, the difference between good and God, mm. the difference between self and others. Uh, but really, you know, we have this tendency in America that we want it right now. Mm. And uh, so to be able to introduce some patience into mm. our business world when we're driven, we're very successful. But yet to be patient, to wait on what is the best, not satisfy what just good. Mm. Mm. Sounds like a man of experience. Do you have any stories or any times where God has kind of walked you through that personally? None. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be a short show then. (laughs) See y'all later, folks. (laughs) You know, um, I would say daily, you know, really daily. But, you know, as the pandemic hit in 2020, when you're a successful businessman, God has blessed us to be the largest crocodilian farm in the world. We raised mm. alligators, um, but we raised we're the largest alligator farm in the world. And to be traveling all around the world, meeting with the high luxury brands, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Hermes, um, going to three different. Um, church services on any given weekend, um, having Bible studies um, on Tuesdays at 10, and then the pandemic hit. And everything up to that is, you know, God's blessing, the favor has been upon our lives, but also in the business. Mm-hmm. And then it just stopped. Mm. And, and the part that stressed me um, that really probably even brought to an edge of depression was in my life because our employees, they're not actually employees. They're our work family Mm -hmm. and it's literally an extended family. And um, so I bust my butt every day and give my very best um, to provide for our work family. Mm -hmm. That's close to up to a hundred people. And, um, but yet when everything just stopped and didn't know when it was going to start back again, um, it, it was challenging. And then, well, you're not, you got that outgoing personality and, mm. but yet you ain't going nowhere. So you ain't going out. Everything's right. at the house. And, and then, um, so it was, it was very challenging to be able to walk through that process and, when you have opportunity to minister and to worship mm. and then all of that stops and it's okay, well, who am I? Mm. And, um, what, what, where in the core to be able to establish a foundation 
that it doesn't require others. Because mm-hmm. there wasn't no others. There really wasn't no business because in our business and luxury, a lot of that's at airports mm. and traveling, people that travel and everything just shut down, stores shut down. So if they couldn't sell, they wouldn't buy. Mm. We weren't deemed in that necessity um, industry. Yep. So for six months, we didn't ship nothing. We didn't sell anything. And, um, but then not just on the business side, on the personal side, you know, you basically get put into a box. I live in a rural area out in the country and uh, that has its benefits, but it's its disadvantage is when you build that island and next thing you know, you might be the only one on it. Mm. Mm. Now, now what? So um, through that process, God taught me that he was enough, that I didn't need the business. I didn't need to travel around the world. I didn't need to speak to hundreds and sometimes thousands of people that he was enough. Mm. And in that, it brought me to a place of contentment Mm. and also a peace and a joy recognizing over a period of time, it took some, took a process that, um, that any and everything we have could be gone in a split second Mm -hmm. as it was when the world stopped when no one ever could imagine what that looked like. Well, it happened Mm -hmm. now, now what you're going to do and, um, to be able to overcome, it took probably six months, um, to be able to come to the realization of, okay, how are you going to deal with life now? And, um, and, and just very grateful and thankful that have an amazing family that supports, uh, loves me and a spiritual family that has come around to, um, to be there through the journey also. Yeah. So very, I feel that I'm the most blessed individual on the face of this earth. And, um, that's not financially, obviously, but to, uh, have people to love you unconditionally. And, um, that's a very unique place for individuals to be and to be content with whatever you have. And coming to a recognition, we own nothing. Mm. So I hold on to nothing. If it gets in my hand, I hold it this way to where I let go. It just falls because it's not ours. We're right. just passing through and we own nothing. And the pandemic helped us understand that. So that's how I would answer your question. Okay. Is the pandemic one of the, I mean, I know it is one of, is it, the biggest obstacle you faced in kind of really running your business or there've been other things that have come along that have really kind of helped you see God's kingdom and see his hand in what you've been doing. Well, I'm going to adapt your question a little bit. You're allowed to do that. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. In life and in business, um, You hear Nathan speak of some words, but it's where God brought me to. It's not where I was at. Okay. Okay. 
Um, so having driven and being a workaholic, your dad mm-hmm. being a workaholic, yep. um, it wasn't about money, wasn't about success. It was just about accomplishing the goal of each day of being your best. Yep. No matter what that was, you had the confidence to overcome it mm-hmm. and being driven um, to do that day in, day out. And that no one was going to outwork you. Mm. No one's going to outwork me. Hours are physically. To um, to going and sacrificing um, mm-hmm. upon the accomplishments of the job, um, of sacrificing the family, even though we're self-employed, we farmers, the family could be around. I could still go to ball games or anything else. But yet they were still of that emotional yep. need that I didn't do a good job fulfilling. And then through the battles and scars and um, even some mistakes and things that I would do differently myself, um, of making some bad choices, um, going through a divorce. Mm. And going through that divorce was the toughest year of my life um, because I don't do well with failure. And I failed my family. I, I failed my community. And, and, and if you ask me in that process, then I failed the business because I allowed the business to control my mm. decision. And I didn't have balance. Yeah. So yeah. coming to, and, and there wasn't a good, team when you got 85 to 100 people in all the different farms but even on this one farm 85 people but yet i didn't have good managers in place i didn't have good supervisors in controlling the process i get a 150 phone calls literally my iphone was white clear by 11 o'clock my battery was dead and that don't include text and email because i was controlling everything Mm. but yet not in control of the house because I wasn't there doing my yep. part. Yep. So, um, you know, um, God can use any situation and, and bring good out of it. Um, divorce ain't good. It's not good for anyone. There's casualties along the way, yeah. but there's also blessings that can come out of such um, chaos and turmoil and damage uh, to individuals to to bring you back in line with where he would have you be. Yep. And come to where you understand where you didn't make good, wise decisions to seek him for wisdom and then implement better balance in your life to build a team that can run the business that you're not required to be there. And, um, and then also align with a relationship with Jesus Christ that it's not with the church. It's not with a building. It's not with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so through that process, I come to a point to recognize he is enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you say, especially cause I don't, I mean, we may have somebody listening who's exactly in that place. I mean, what are some of the warning signs of someone who's not living in balance that you, if you could speak caution to another business owner, 
and what would you say to them to someone that's operating from that place what are the what are the warning signs they need to be walk watching out for and then when those warning signs pop up what would you say to them coming from where you are that's a very good question well you have you asked me a question and the question is where i'm coming from sure okay so if i is in the vocabulary i mm. then you're already out of balance i'm out of balance so if any aspect of my life is about me then i put myself before others mm. Mm. so i already know right then i'm out of line okay yep. you're speaking for me so when i'm listening to somebody and they say i i i i okay well you're telling me that without realizing it, there's a trend here of being selfish because mm -hmm. it's about me. Yep. We don't necessarily realize that in business because, hey, if I don't do it, who is going to do it? Well, they did it before you got here and they're going to do it after you leave. So, yep. yes, there is somebody. Mm -hmm. There's times that it is required to be there to operate and manage so that's the tail sign to me when I hear the words I, I, I from other businessmen. I think the other is, you asked me a question, very interesting question. Be interested in how others answer that. I think when somebody says, well, what are you going to tell them about yourself? Well, how long does it get down the list about your family? Mm. And how far does it get down the list of where's your spiritual life? Well, I'm a business owner. I raise alligators. I used to shrimp, crab, trap. Um, I'm a pastor. I'm this, this, this. Okay, but that's the things you do. Yeah. That's not who you are. Well, that's so good. Yes. So in that process, I think we get, I'm going to put, I'm going to change it up. Satan convinces you that it's necessary for you to be the one, light the torch, care the torch. And keep mm. the torch burning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it was never created for you to be the king hmm. and the rest is peasants. It's created that as we rise in business, that we bring others with us mm. and that it's not a solo journey. Yeah. If we're not bringing the others with us, then we're leaving them behind and we're not doing justice to the, the people that's helped us be who we are today. Allah, that is so good. I love how you said that. I love this kind of an entire, who are we bringing with us on the yes. journey? That's really the question. Um, I do want to know, cause we talked about this a little bit before the show started that I need it. If you've already answered it in what you've talked about, but you were talking about the greatest sacrifice that you made to follow what God has called you to do. Have you told us that story or is there more to that, that my audience needs to hear? Um, no, I, I think the greatest sacrifice for me to be obedient is actually to recognize I want to be careful how I word this because I'm not directly speaking to the artists. I'm not there. 
and and they hear a certain word and they they cling to that first word. Yep. So the word I would say is, even though my nature is generous, mm-hmm. my nature was still in a safe place. Okay. Okay. So wherever you feel safe at and you're comfortable, likely has a lot to do with you. Mm. Mm. When 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 God's going to call you to something going to call you outside of where your comfort level's at and where you can truly be maximized and come into a recognition that it's about him and it's not about me. So the alligator industry, um, California passed legislation that alligator products cannot be sold in California. I raise alligators. Uh, the people I do business with sell products in California, a very large market, Los Angeles. Yeah. Well, we went there, make a long story short, we tried to pass a bill that failed. We went to Washington. We hired lawyers to sue California from the alligator industry. I led that. I went to the attorney general of Louisiana. Louisiana sued California. So a dual case in federal court and five hurricanes and tropical storms in southeast United States, Louisiana, mm. Mississippi. And during that time, we're doing a lot of hurricane relief, free of charge, not charging anyone anything. We just got back from Florida, Fort Myers. I was there when the wind was still blowing, mm. brought generators in, supplies in, and got people out of the water. But during that time, God said, go to California and help with the wildfire victims. Now, wait, there's hurricanes here. There's damage everywhere. I'm suing California, spending millions of dollars in that process. And they passed legislation that we can't sell alligator products into California. I said, but there's there's a lot of ministry work right here where I'm at. You know, right. right here at home. Right. And we have all the supplies. How do you help wildfire victims? I mean, you know, the fire come through and everything's gone. And I've never been there to do that. And um, so I was obedient and went out, knew no one, had no contacts, and flew into Sacramento and went north to Oroville, mm. where the very fire come through and there was other fires. And I've never really been um, around a lot of homeless people in my life. I live in a rural area, small town. Most of my life didn't even have a red light in it. I really didn't travel that much. And then there's the homeless. And God said, go over there and help that person. Mm-hmm. And witness that person. I said, oh, no, you, I see the smoke in the mountains. I'm going at wildfire victims. That's what you told me to come do. He said, no, stop and go mm. take care of that widow. To go take care of that homeless guy. A guy in a wheelchair. Mm. What this guy told me, I said, could you help me understand how you become homeless? And he said, I live with my mom. I have no legs. She died. Couldn't afford the house note. So I lost a home. I'm on the street. 
He said, but before she died, she said that I was a mistake and she wished I never was born. Oh. And I sat there and I, I didn't even know what to say. So I said a short prayer and God said, tell him I love him and that you come all the way to Louisiana mm. to spend time with him and tell him that you love him. Mm. But God broke my heart for the homeless. Yeah. And I will tell you, as a businessman, as a workaholic, as my dad teaching me, you get what you work for. You don't work, you don't get nothing. Somebody holding up a sign that says, I work for food. I said, you're a damn liar. Because if you work for food, you wouldn't be standing here with a sign. You'd be working and you could have some food. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense, right? Yeah, right. But um, I'm not the judge. I'm the doctor. Mm. Supposed to be making people healthier. Yeah. Not judging them. So our responsibility is to give the help and hand. What they do with it is out of our control. Yeah. But we do our part. Mm. And, you know, let's see. God called me to Ukraine, flew into Poland. I don't know nobody in Ukraine. I don't know nobody in Poland. I didn't have no pastors or connections. So I go and get with the underground and we're literally buying ambulances and medical supplies and helmet and bulletproof vests and driving it into Ukraine. But I wasn't comfortable. <laughs> I wasn't comfortable in California. I wasn't comfortable in Poland and going in Ukraine. I don't speak their language. They don't speak mine. So I went back and went to Belarus. Mm. And so I want to say that if you're comfortable, and you're not going beyond mm. yourself, you're likely living life more about you than about others. Mm. Mm. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. True. Give your best that. Give it, give it, give it the same effort that you would give your business. Mm. Because how many businessmen are listening? That would, a guy asked me, he told me this. He said, you know, I work in the plants. He called them snowflakes. He got a lot of different names. He said, they just do things halfway. He said, I'm tired of being in the plants. I'm going to get out. He said, I'm a supervisor. I said, so you're an authority? He said, yep. I said, so nobody really got good work ethics and they don't finish their jobs and they just don't. I'm going to use the word he said. You could beep it. He said, they do things half-assed. Yep. I said, I got a question for you. I said, are you a Christian? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? He said, yeah. I said, what would he say about you? Mm. Oh. Ouch. Yeah. He's, I said, is he your authority? Yeah. I said, so do you complete things? Do you give it your best? Do you give it your all? Are you obedient? Are you, are you following them Ten Commandments? He said, you know, I've never thought about it that way before. Mm. Mm. Not only was he in church next Sunday, he hit the guy next to him. He said, I told you, I told you. He said, when I pulled up, I said, I got to work on me before I can work on anybody else. And, and I just want to share as you do a self-assessment, we do a business assessment, we do a projection, we do budgets. 
Now we do cash reports on a weekly basis. So that gives us a thermometer of how we're doing in business. Mm-hmm. Or how are we doing in our families mm-hmm. and our spiritual life as dads? Yeah. Mentors, you know, who are you mentoring? Mm-hmm. You, you've been able to, cr- to create all these things by God's blessings and has given you the gifts to do that. But now what are you doing to help someone else to be able to have that same opportunity that you've been fortunate enough to have? So that's, that's basically where I would leave you. But it's beautiful. Everything that you're saying, I mean, it all starts with us and it starts with, are we being obedient to what God asked us to do? And we can't, until we answer that question, right? There's really no other questions to be asked. You're right. (laughs) But we normally will laugh it off, push it off and, and, and not fully address it. That's just Mm -hmm. our nature is to just i'm gonna put it this way our nature is to give what is comfortable to give and we'll send but are you the one going i don't send nothing i bring it Mm. i don't send nothing i don't care what it is i don't send generators i don't send bobcats i don't send money when a tornado hit kentucky we were there the next day I walked in with $50,000 cash and we have envelopes. We've already given out over close now 600 envelopes and they got scriptures written on the front of the envelope and got anywhere from a hundred, sometimes $10, sometimes $20. But you hand that homeless guy something. It's amazing. You hand him that envelope and he sits there and look at that envelope and sits there and read that scripture. And out of 600 envelopes, I've only had one open in front of me. And I've been really? telling them there's a blessing inside there for you. But there's that that scripture just grabs their attention and it mesmerizes them. Because mm. who, who does that, you know? But so even though we go to Kentucky and we bring 100, literally 180 portable generators, $50,000 cash to be able to hand out to people that's lost their loved ones, lost their homes and everything. But then to stay long enough to hear their story, to sit down, to hear about their son that was lost two weeks before the tornadoes. Now their home is gone. And so I ask people, when's the last time you stopped? It wasn't about you. It wasn't about your family. It wasn't about your business. To go somewhere outside of your comfort level and sit down and listen to other people's struggles and battles that they're going through and find a way that what you have, the knowledge that you have to be able to share that with someone else to help get them off the street slash off the steps and just encourage them enough to maybe change generations. Mm. I, believe, I believe we have the power to change generations. Amen. I love that. Nathan, if people want to, I mean, the stuff that you're doing sounds amazing. If people want to follow what you're doing, keep up with that. Maybe they want to get engaged. They want to find out more. 
What's the best way for them to do that? I've never done social media in my entire life. And <laughs> I never would. <laughs> um, like, eh. no, uh, I, I, I don't have any interest in drama. <laughs> and the uh, guy said to start a Facebook page for ministry to okay. share with what he's doing yeah. in our lives. So did that about six months ago. And actually, is a very unique um, Facebook page. It's Gators and God. Gators and God. Gators and God. So how many different alligator farmers have you viewed? <laughs> you are the first. You are the first. Yeah. Well, there's, there's not many of us around. And so it's very unique industry. Yeah, I love that. But, um, you know, what I've also learned really recently, and I just want to share this, is, yep. you know what? Satan will even use good. Satan will even use God to hold you back for the fulfillment of what truly is in store for you. So there's a lot of people that we minister to at the Gator Farm, 85 employees and their families. Mm-hmm. Most have been saved. And I just felt like, you know, I need to stay here. And I, you know, that I'm needed and we're doing a lot of good. And all these things have devotions every morning at seven for many, many years. But yet. I held myself back. We're ministering to hundreds when God had in store ministering to thousands. Mm. I believe hundreds of thousands. Yeah. But but. You know, the successful businessman. What can you even rationalize that if you make seventy thousand dollars, you're in the top five percent of the richest people in the world? Well, a lot of your podcast listeners could be a lot higher than that. What if their household brings in two hundred thousand? Yeah, a million. Okay, well now you're in one percent of the richest people in the world. That's that's a very unique position to be in, but yet you're not taking it with you. You didn't come here with it. Somebody else might have a help give it to you, but you're not going to take it with you when you go. So what are you doing in the dash from the time you're born to the time you're what is that legacy that you're leaving behind? Amen. And, and in that coming to be able to say, you know what? Well, wait, it's mine. I earned it. It's harder to let go of it when it's mine. I got it. It's mine. But yet, when you come to that recognition, you don't own anything. Mm-hmm. You freely give it. That's when you're living. That's when life really, living it to its fullest, it is to be able to distribute. Oh, look, I'm going to leave here with nothing. I come with nothing. I'm going to leave with nothing. Have God blessed me to be a multimillionaire? Yes. But I ain't got that much of it left. And, uh, <laughs> But it just keeps blessing and just keeps pouring. You cannot give God. You cannot. You hear it, but until you experience it and live it and apply it, you know, then you you get back what you give. And so I just want to encourage your listeners. Yeah. Go beyond your comfort level. Um, well, I give my 10%. Now that was already his. <laughs> why don't you go? Why don't you go to 33%? 
and just see what God would do. I love it. Amen. Amen. Nathan, my last, we, we've run out of time. We keep talking, but we've run out. We've run out. So my last question is always the same. In three generations, what do you hope your great-grandchildren remember about you? Great question. Nothing. Because I would say that I hope they can only remember Jesus Christ mm. and nothing about me. Mm. I, I, I would say that it's, um, there won't be no preacher at my funeral. Um, nobody ain't got anything to say. They can close the casket and throw me in the ground. <laughs> I believe that there shouldn't be no one that needs to preach your funeral service because then there's people making up things. Mm. I don't want nobody to have to make up anything, but I don't want them to remember me. I want them to remember that I lived a life that was faithful in the calling that God created me for. And that he would say, enter my good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. But if they remember me, then in reality, it's about me. Mm. But our motto is love no matter what. Mm. And leave no one behind. Our armed forces, they're not going to leave a soldier behind, right? Yep. Because as citizens, well, wait, as Christians, well, we step on them whenever they fall down and continue to chastise and judge them. But if we come to a point and we make a commitment, one, no one's outside the realm of ministry. Mm -hmm. That means no matter who it is, you're willing to help, no matter what they've done to you or to your family members. But if you love no matter what, then it's not, not even about what they've done, because it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You're, you're going to give an unconditional love. So I think if you say, if there's anything that they would remember or be told is that he understood love and, and gave it freely. Mm. That's beautiful. Nathan, thank you for making the time to be on the show. It's been fascinating and a beautiful story. And I thank you for telling it. And they, and I know it's going to bless me and bless our audience. So thank you. You're welcome. I need your address because I, I, I'm going to send you a bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris has it. I'll make sure you get Chris that. Has it. Okay, very good. <laughs> That's God it. But thank it's, you. It's an honor to be on. Have a blessed day. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for being with us on the show. We will be with you again next week. God bless you. Have a great day. Eric L. Dunavit here. Thank you so much for joining us for Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. If you're a business owner or a family who is actively redefining success or have thoughts on kingdom impact or generational prosperity, and you would like to be a guest on the show, then I invite you to apply. Visit www.ericldunavit.com dot com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you enjoyed today's 
episode. I would love for you to share that either through text or social media. Take a screenshot of the show and share that and share what you learned. If you know anyone that should be a guest on our show, we would also love for you to connect us to them. The best way to do that is to use hashtag redefining success. I love to read your thoughts and shares on social media. And we also are honored just to get any recommendations of people that you think we should be interviewing on the show. We are constantly adding new content, adding new podcasts. So first and foremost, I'm going to recommend that you subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Also, you, all of your likes, your reviews, your shares, all of that makes a big difference to the show. So if you'll include those when you can, we definitely appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, visit www.ericl360.com and all of my connections to social and other ways to get in touch with me are there. This is Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist, signing off. Until next time.